you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in a couple places tonight, but it's all going to be tied to the same message, if you would. Thank you, Brother Dean. Uh, it's going to be the story about the fig tree. And I know we know about that. We know the significance of it uh, by what it stands for. You know, uh, we're going to read here in the first part of this where Christ had left Bethany and uh, was hungry, the Bible says. And said when he come back into Jerusalem that morning, he, he visited the fig tree, I assume to get some fruit from it. It was full of leaves but with no fruit. So if you would, stand in reading of reference to God's Word if you're able. We're going to be in the book of Matthew first, and then we're going to be in the book of Mark. But uh, we're going to be in the 21st chapter, Brother Chris, of Matthew, beginning in the 17th verse, and we're going to read probably uh, three verses of this. In the 17th verse of the Gospel of Matthew, it reads, And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. If you would, turn to the book of Mark, if you would, please. We'll be preaching from this part of the scripture, but I wanted to read that prior to what we want to read here today. We're going to be in the 11th chapter of the book of Mark, Brother Chris. Uh, begin reading in the 20th verse uh, about that same fig tree. So in the 11th chapter, in the 20th verse of the gospel of Mark, it reads, And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curseth is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto him, Have faith in God, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast out into the sea, and shall no doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you will receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you in your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this reading. We we pray, Lord, we can take it and, and use it to your glory. In Jesus' holy name we pray, and amen. You may be seated. Chris, the title of the message tonight is simply this, a Lesson from the Fig Tree. Now, the fig tree has a lot of significance to it uh, in, in a man's life. Uh, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, as you heard in the book of Matthew, uh, uh, probably the only time I've ever read that he's cursed anything as far as as Jesus was concerned, because when he did this, uh, the fig tree up and died. But the fig tree has another significance to it, and the Lord's looking at this, that we're a lot like that fig tree. You know, Christ in our life is the fig tree, and we are his branches. And 
if the branches of that fig tree or whatever tree it may be don't bear no fruit, uh, uh, we, we should die and just swell up. We ought to just die and go away because we ain't no good. You know, Scripture tells us that when they come up on old dirt trees like that, they, they hew them down and, and, and burn them up, Brother Clarence. Uh, but, but in your word, uh, uh, Peter told, uh, uh, told, told uh, Jesus that, that when he come down at picture, he reminded him what he'd done to it and what it looked like today. He told me, he said, Master, he said, uh, do you remember uh, uh, when you said that fig tree which thou cursest has withered away? Do you remember that tree? And of course, you know he did. And he knew that this was going to be a part of what he did when he, he much say, cursed that fig tree. He knew that it was going to be in his life one more time. But... The Lord asks us, have faith in God, or tells us to have faith in God. And, and because if we don't have faith in God, uh, you're as worthless as a fig tree that's all dried up and dead. Now, now if you believe in God and, and believe that, that uh, He went to the cross to die for our sins, and on that third appointed day He rose and defeated death, hell, and the grave, uh, on that third day, uh, we're in pretty good shape, without a doubt. Uh, but if you don't believe that, uh, you're like that fig tree here today. You ain't no good. If you ain't burning no fruit, uh, you might as well just go ahead and just uh, let it die up from the roots. That's what Christ did to this fig tree. If it wasn't going to bear no fruit in a time of season, uh, he, he pretty much just killed that tree. And I'll tell you right now, if he treated his people today uh, like the fig tree, uh, if, if we don't bear no fruit, uh, imagine if he cursed us uh, and we all dried up because we wouldn't bear no fruit. Uh, I tell you, we'd be in pretty bad shape today, Brother Clarence, uh, as the world is concerned, uh, or I'm going to get closer to this. Uh, as a church, is concerned, we would be in bad shape because a lot of the churches today has got that very same mess. They've dried up. They ain't burned no fruit. They're just going through the same ritual every time they get together, time after time, doing the same old things without burning any fruit to the people, to the churches, to the communities, to everybody that's in their life. They're not doing no good. So I'm telling you today, if church, if Christ treated us like the fig tree we would be in bad shape thank the Lord that he don't treat us that way thank him for being merciful on his people because he could he could treat us the other way and we'd be in pretty bad shape but he tells us to have faith in God and if I could tell you anything here this this afternoon church have faith in God believe on Jesus he answers every prayer if we, if we just ask Him. He says in the 23rd verse, it says, For verily I say unto you that whatsoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, it shall have no doubt in his heart, should have no doubt in your heart that that's going to happen. Right. Right. The scripture tells us if we have faith of a mustard seed, it'll move a mountain. And I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed, but I'm telling you what, when you get my age, you can't see a mustard seed. Not without a magnifying glass anyway. It's a little bitty tiny thing. And it's amazing that Christ would use that as an analogy or a parable so his, under, so his disciples could understand. So if you got that much faith, if you got that much faith, you can move mountains. If you believe. But if you don't have that faith, that when you wish that, He's never going to move anywhere. And I know people has made fun of that analogy or that parable uh, uh, to say, uh, move mountain. 
and it just sits there. And they just laugh and scorn it, but I'm just saying they ain't got no faith. Well, it's, well I'm, I, I, now I go to church and I've been saved and all that. There's a difference than being saved and going to church than having faith. You know, I've said this time and time before. Faith is a substance hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we hope that we can have the strongest faith in the world because in our time of need, we're going to need that. When something tragic happens in our life, Carolyn, we're going to need that faith. Or if you're attempting to do something, a.k.a. Uh, have a Bible school without no kids in your church, it's going to take a lot of faith to be able to do that and, and pray and, and, and hope that, that, that when them doors open, come whenever June the 20th, uh, kids are going to come through them doors because of our faith. If we don't have faith that they're going to be with us, they won't be with us. So we step out on a leaf of faith when we do that. We did it the last two years. It's happened. And for that, God has blessed us. We had that faith. He tells us that, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he asks for. He says, when I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you believe, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall receive them. Now, I don't know in your Bible, but my Bible, that's written in red. That's Christ speaking. And he's telling, his, he's telling Peter and his disciples that whatever you pray for, if you believe, what I tell you about faith and belief, them two go together. I preached on that a few weeks ago. Got to have two for any one of them to be good. So if you believe when you pray, it will happen. It'll come true. Now, I know that the impatient, carnal man in us, we're not patient enough to let God's work happen. Sometimes we get impatient, Brother Clarence, and, and, and we lose our faith, and, and we lose our patience, and, and we want to do it ourselves. But see, that ain't what God wants us to do. When God assures us that He's going to do something through supplication and prayer, and we pray for it earnestly and fervently, just like it tells us in the book of James, if you'll do that and you'll be patient, it will be answered. And it tells me that in the book of Mark. If you ask for it, Brother Dean, it'll happen. But don't do it on your time. Ain't going to work. God may bless you with it, but most likely you won't because he's checking our faith. When I would pray in the hospital for Dad, I wanted to happen in, Clarence. You was there, along with several others. And when I prayed, Brother Keith, I wanted it to happen. I want my dad healed then. And I, I'm telling you, days went by and weeks went by and a month went by and over a month went by and I was still praying. I was still wanting it to happen. God, heal my daddy. Will you please heal my daddy where we can just leave this place? I was so impatient. Some of the best prayers that, that I know of visited us in the hospital and stood right beside daddy's bed with daddy in it and me right beside it praying for daddy that God's will be done. You know what I was praying, Brother Clarence? Please heal my daddy. Please heal my daddy. I was so impatient. I wanted to get past this. On the fourth day of March, I mean on the sixth day of March, 2004, he healed my daddy. 
he called him home. At that time, I was ignorant, unlearned, as Scripture tells us, what was going on, not only in my life, but in what God was doing. See, I was impatient. I wanted it to happen then. I wanted it to happen on my time. The Lord had to take me on a journey of my impatience. He had to test me of what I stood for. And it took me a long time to understand that God finally healed my daddy so he could heal me. Both of them coincide with each other. And if I could turn back time and put myself in that same place, my prayers would be just a little bit different. Today, I pray for God's will to be done. Because if it's God's will to take, take a loved one of mine home, it's not for me to question. It's not for any of us to question. It's just to try to understand. Because it tells us that we'll understand it all by and by. We will. We'll understand it. It may take a little while, and I'm not the sharpest knife in a drawer, but I finally understood what that whole 53 days consisted of. Maybe it could have been a testing of my faith. Who knows? Lord knew I was saved, but that was pretty much it in a nutshell. I had a meeting with somebody here at the church Monday, and we talked about Christ. And they've been struggling in their lives. And I'll just tell you, and, and, and he called me at 7 in the morning. He wanted to know if he could meet me. He needed to talk to me. I said, well, sure, I, I'll meet you at the church. I said, where you at? He said, I'm down here at, uh, at uh, North Acres, sitting in their parking lot. And I said, I'll meet you at the church at 9.30 then. Because I, I mean, ten, I didn't have been out of bed just a second or two. As a matter of fact, he may have got me out of bed. I ain't a saying but as I got ready to come down here, we talked and we prayed. and He told me his heart. He told me that he didn't think God was in his heart no more. And I said, no, you're wrong. I said, you got to understand, God has never left you or forsaken you. He's there. You just can't see him. And he said, why? And I said, because your faith isn't what it used to be. I said, you give up on your faith. I said, Christ has always been in your heart, and he'll always be there, and he'll be there for you in your good times, and I guarantee you today he's with you in your bad times. But sometimes we put blinders on and we can't see when we get in places like that. And, you know, that's the hardest thing to do. And I'm telling you, I may be able to speak right now because right now things in my life are okay. If something was to go bad in my life, I may look at it a little bit different, but, but God's hope for all of his people is if we'll just put our faith in him, he'll take care of us in our time of need. Have faith in God. Believe on Jesus. He answers every earnest prayer. So he told Peter that when you pray, when you stand praying, because, and he said stand praying, and let me tell you the significance of that. The Jews in those days, biblical days, most of them stood up praying. When most of us, Gentiles, if you would, in today's time, if you're able, we kneel. That's just, that's just the way it is. I, and, and don't ask me why we do it, uh, because of those who did it before us, they stood up. Maybe we think we can do it better than the Jews. I don't know. 
you know, it don't make no difference. You know, I've laid in bed and I prayed. <laughs> and if you go sit here and tell me that he didn't answer my prayer because I went kneeling, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you took all the wind out of my sail. I know people driving down the road and prayed. I prayed they praying with their eyes open. <laughs> because if not, those that are meeting, they better be praying too. God, I answer your prayers. One day I want to have a service and I want to have it with all the people. And I want to ask all the people one question. What prayers God answered for you? And I'm going to give you far warning. I don't know, he didn't put her on your head, D. That ain't it either. <laughs> Dean throw his hand up and said, hey. <laughs> oh, new trucks. Is that what you're saying? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got off track there a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to ask the church, what prayer has God answered for you? And I'm going to give you forewarning to give you time to think about it because I don't want to just, just throw it on you sporadically because it's sort of like, has anybody got a prayer request? That's what it looks like. You just can't see each other because you're all looking at me, but everybody looks the same. I had one, but I forgot it. I know your pain. I really do because I do the same thing. If you think about it, write it down before you come to church. That's, I try to do that sometimes because I do. I forget it. Uh, well, so I'm telling you, and it's gone. It's all gone. But you know something? God knows our hearts. He knows what we're going through and, and what's on our heart. And it don't have to be during church times when you, when you feel that prayer request for somebody. Man, he, he hears it no matter what you're doing. If you have faith in our Heavenly Father, he hears your prayers. And I'll stand on that to hell's on far. I believe that with all my heart. It took him 53 days to answer my memo, but he answered them. And I'd say for some people, that's a short time compared to how long some people has waited. We prayed for Sister Chloe for almost a year. Lord, let this cancer be gone from her body. I know you didn't do this. This is man's doing. But we're going to put our faith in you that you can take care of this. The gentleman I was speaking to Monday had just had a pacemaker put in not long ago and it's giving him trouble. He's struggling a little bit with it. And he's worn himself to death of that pacemaker that something's going to happen. He's passed out several times and then and they can't figure out what's happening. And, and even the day, even Monday afternoon, he left here and went back to his work. He passed out again, I found out. Uh, so something's out of tune with his pacemaker, or he's getting way too close to magnets. One of the two's going on. This gentleman needs our prayers, church. He's struggling because he thinks God ain't in his heart no more. And I told him, I said, listen, if he saved you by his marvelous grace, he's there. You may went astray a little bit, but he's there. And if you'll search and look, he'll be there. He says, how do I do that? I said, you know, I said, listen, I ain't no counselor by no means, but I said, I love the Lord. And I said, I can tell you what I would do if I was in your shoes. He said, what? I said, put Christ in the center of your life. 
because if you do that, he'll fix a lot of your problems. He'll put things back together in your life that's went away. Your marriage life, uh, your trouble with, with a child, maybe, or, or anything that's going on. If you'll put Christ, especially if it comes to a family, let me say, if, if you're having family disputes, and, and, and in a day's time, there's a lot of women goes to church without their, without their husbands. Mom did it for years. And the trouble they had, Brother Clarence, I'm telling you, as a young child, I'm telling you, I've seen some fights that would rank right up over the best of them. And mom stood toe-to-toe with dad. I ain't going to lie to you. Mom won a few of them, too. You know, I think mom won most of them. Either way, until dad put Christ in the center of his life, that didn't stop. But when he did, it was all different. All different. Kathy and I got rededicated our lives, you might say, a little better than 18 years ago. You know, at, since that time, we have never had not one knockdown, drag-out argument that we had prior to that. Why was that, Brother Keith? We put Christ in our life. He'll make things better for you. Have faith in God. If you, and listen, if you're struggling in your life and, and between you and your spouse, uh, let's listen, give, give God a chance. Try Him out a little bit because I promise you, you don't have Him there at the present time. Give Him a chance. And if it don't work, put Christ in the center of your life. And that'll do it for you. Because if you've got a dose of God and you've got a dose of Jesus Christ, let me tell you what, you're going to be a winner with them too. And when you get through with them too, try the Holy Spirit. If you can get close to God through the Holy Holy Spirit, uh, sometimes when we're in here in this church, uh, let me tell you something, He can fix things for you because He's a problem fixer. Because they're all the same. The Trinity. Now there's some naysayers about that, but let me tell you, they're all the same. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. He'll fix our problems. You just got to have faith. Have faith. He says... In the uh, 25th verse, it says, When you stand praying, forgive. And if you have aught against any, and we do, every one of us, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you for your trespasses. Praise be unto God. If we can muster up the strength to forgive those who's got aught against us, and I know it's hard. <laughs> God will forgive us in heaven. He's asking for a small thing from us to give us a great blessing. If we just forgive those who trespass against us. I was at a ball game Saturday, and one of the former coaches had a short words with the present coaches, and they got into it a little bit. And I can say it's up telling on people. The first coach, which ain't coaching them now, talked to me outside the gym, and he said, and he told me what went on. You know what I told him? I said, Scripture tells us, because he's a good preacher. He's a good minister. He's a youth minister of a great big church. <laughs> I said, Scripture tells us if we have an ought against a brother, go to him. Go to him. And if that don't fix it, take somebody with you, Scripture tells us. See, God will give you 
opportunities to fix what's going on if you have an odd against your brother. And I know we all do. I pray that it's not nothing that you want to kill somebody over. Because if we don't, you're looking somebody over. Uh-oh. I've, I ain't preaching on you on purpose, by the way. Oh, I, I'm preaching on you. Yes, I am too. I'm preaching on you on purpose. I didn't know I was going. I didn't know I was going to have a confession here tonight. <laughs> Linda, you may want to back up a little bit because she's fixing to come to this altar wide open. <laughs> I'll be there with you, Car Carolyn. I'll be there with you, lady, on the second row. <laughs> He'll do that for us because in heaven. May forgive you of your trespasses. He says, but if you don't forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. You've heard me tell the story about our old neighbor, and, and it got to a point in our life, it got pretty bad. It took me hugging him and told him that I love him. And praying for him before that got better. But you know it got better after that. And we never did have another alt word against each other. Matter of fact, uh, you become one of my closest friends. Do anything for us that we ask for. And that's just the way it is. And believe it or not, because uh, it was pretty bad. Lord knew how bad it was getting. So he fixed it. Just like he's telling us here in the book of Mark in his 11th chapter. See, he started this story out, but when Peter was telling him about the fig tree and, and how he cursed it, how he died, but see, I didn't what this was about. He's showing us that if his people just could have faith and could bear fruit like that fig tree should have been, how much better in our life we would be if we just do that. He's not asking much from us. Back in Matthew, he says this, now learn a parable of a fig tree. When its branch is yet tender, he putteth forth leaves. You know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the door. Because verily I say, generation shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. The law came to fulfill it. Christ told us, not the prophets. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. They'll always be there. You know, it's amazing. Christ communicated a lot with his disciples through the parables. And he did that. The scripture tells us that they would understand more than somebody else because, you know, all the time Christ didn't want everybody to know what he was talking about. But I think he did that to help us understand and help us see what he really meant. Like the fig tree. Listen, if we're not bearing no fruit, we ain't worth a flip. And if you're a tree supposed to be bearing fruit, no matter what it is, if it's not bearing fruit and you're that tree, they'll hew you down and burn you up. That scripture, I ain't making it up. 
God wants us to bear fruit. Now listen, he don't he asks us to have a banner crop just to bear fruit. Or somebody every once in a while, Brother Keith can pick from us and be blessed. That's all he asks for. This church is bearing fruit because of what we've done in the past, because of this blessing box, and because of the fruit baskets, and whatever we come up with next, and it may be Bible school, he's going to bless us because we're bearing fruit. And if we have Bible school and there's one soul saved, praise be unto Jesus, he's going to bless us. You know why he's going to do that? Because that name has just got written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And it's always going to be there. Yes, will, it, will they struggle? Most likely. This world and, and Satan is going to make sure that they struggle in their life. But see, we've got to have that faith as a mustard seed. And like Jesus told Peter, have faith in God. <laughs> have faith in my Father. That's why I'm here on this earth, because I've got faith in him also. Amen. Message tonight is simply this. Bear fruit and have faith in God. And I promise you, if Christ is at the center of your life, it'll be like I told that gentleman here Monday morning. If you do that, you'll see signs of things getting better. And Carolyn, I believe that with all my heart. I do because I, my life's changed from it. I've seen people's lives change from it. I, when Dad did that, when we were riding work together, because we rode to work together every day, I seen the change. You know I didn't even know what happened. I was so stupid. Not ignorant, stupid. Because Dad had got back in church, and he put Christ in the center of his life. And he didn't look the same to me. Surely didn't. I, and I, I hate that. He didn't. He, he, he wasn't doing the things that he'd done before. He was a different man there. A better man. A godly man. That's all we can ask for in our lives. It's just, just to be godly. Bring deliverance to the captives in distress. Take away our enemies.